whether you're delivering our mail, whether you're delivering an Uber Eats, whether you're an investor, whether you're a startup owner, whether you're a founder, whether you're a student, whoever it is, we always treat every single person who walks in the door like family. Everyday triumphs, extraordinary outcomes, a space where narratives connect. This is the Big Idea Box podcast. Born at the Lab Miami, this podcast invites all entrepreneurs to share, support, and empower. All right, good morning, everybody, for uh, showing up bright and early in the morning, especially Shana this morning. <laughs> so my name is Nikki Caboose. I'm the VP of Development at Palm Beach Tech. And this morning, we're going to talk about some co-working spaces that are more than just co-working, that are doing a lot in our communities. I would like to, actually, if I can start by just sharing my screen. All right. So to start off this morning, our community coffee, more than just co-working is the topic. We've got Shana Ostrovitz, Executive Director at 1909, Tim Hassey, the founder at General Provision, and Rachel Bickford, Managing Director at Lab Miami. And we will give you guys uh, a moment to um, tell us a little bit about yourselves in just a second here. A little bit about us at Palm Beach Tech Association. So first off, our sponsor is South Florida Business and Wealth. And we will also hear from Mark right after this little introduction to tell us a little bit about them. Our whole goal and mission is building South Florida into a tech hub. So Palm Beach Tech is wholeheartedly committed to building a welcoming, collaborative, and inclusive community for all. We put inclusivity first, engage with others, and are considerate to all and don't sell to people. So in short, we welcome everybody in our community from tech you know, companies to startups, our accelerators, everybody that's part of our community, um, and without making sure that we're inclusive of everybody. Here are some of our current members. We've got startup companies all the way to our much larger like Office Depots, Digital Resources, and of course, some startups like Boca Code, who we have on here today as well. So thanks, Todd. So a little bit more about our events. Right now, we currently have at least four events a week, and we've got different annual and quarterly events that we're doing as well. A little bit about them is our tech talks. We've got Monday nights. We do uh, have them half hour early. You can actually come in at 5.30 p.m. and do a full half hour of networking before the presentation. We have podcast Wednesdays, our community coffees, obviously this morning on Tuesdays. Workshops are always on Fridays at 10 a.m. And then we actually have our annual hackathon that's coming up October 23rd through 25th. It is going to be all virtual this year. And so if anybody's a developer, designer, project manager, we're definitely looking for you. A little bit more about our membership. So I'm not going to obviously go through all of our membership benefits, but we do have everything from exclusive member portal, speaking opportunities, different spotlights, peer groups. We currently have about eight different peer groups that Monica's actually been doing a really good job of. And if anybody wants more information on them, you can actually go to SouthFloridaTech.com or PalmBeachTech.org and get some more information there. Anybody that is not a part of our Slack channel, you can join that at SouthFloridaTech.com backslash Slack. Or to be added to our newsletter, our emailing list, you can actually just text us at 561-250-7206 and just text us your email address and we'll make sure to add you to that. And I'm going to stop sharing my screen. I'm going to actually ask Mark if you would like to come on and tell us a little bit about South Florida Business and Wealth. That'd be great, Nikki. Thanks so much. Appreciate it. And, and thanks for having us today. And uh, we appreciate and enjoy our uh, partnership with uh, Palm Beach. 
So uh, thanks for that. And good morning, everybody. Morning. Let me tell you a little bit about um, South Florida Business and Wealth. Uh, you'll hear us refer to as SFBW, which is how our uh, friends and family know us and everyone in the community. We're a, um, a monthly business magazine serving uh, the markets of Dade, Broward, and Palm Beach County, distributed to about 20,000 C-suite and senior level executives each month with the hard copy and also a digital edition. But we're so much more than you know, just a magazine. We help our clients connect with the community through a lot of different methods, including a robust uh, portfolio of uh, digital and social media strategies, including our weekly e-newsletter, and also our thought leadership pieces that run on our website. Um, and uh, of course, like everyone else, uh, we've gone virtual. And uh, we supplement a lot of our strategies with a series we have called Virtual Connects. These are probably two to three times a month webinars. They're panel discussions, not too different than what is going to happen today, uh, covering topics from healthcare to technology, real estate, and, and so much more, usually three to four panelists. We've got a um, partnership with Palm Beach Tech where uh, we run a quarterly series called Digital South Florida which is uh, really interesting. And we also hold five awards events a year, which of course used to be in person and would attract four to 500 people per event. Uh, now they are virtual. We award, we provide awards to people in the HR community, healthcare. We have our prestigious women awards. We have up and comers for young professionals under the age of 40, which looks like everyone on this call would probably qualify except maybe for myself. And uh, we also produce an annual magazine for the legal community called the South Florida Legal Guide now in its 20th year. And lastly, we are doing something for the IT community in December. It's a feature called Leaders of IT, where we will be profiling uh, South Florida's top technology talent uh, in the December issue. So that's um, a little bit about us. And Nikki, thanks very much for the opportunity. Thank you, Mark. And I actually did just want to highlight for you guys as well is that you have your COVID comeback, which I think you kind of referred to there. It's October 8th, right? That's correct. Okay, because I just dropped that in the chat for everybody here at Zoom, but I just wanted for anybody that's watching on social to mention that. Appreciate that. Of course. And thank you so much. So to get started this morning with our discussion, I'd like actually each of our panelists, if you could tell us your name, what organization you're from, and just tell us a little bit about what you all do. And I'm actually just going to start with whoever I have first on my screen, which uh, happens to be Shana. Hello. Good morning. Thanks, Nikki. Um, hi, everyone. I'm Shana Ostrovitz, the executive director of 1909. And I also have Yahira Rodriguez with us, too. She's our community manager and keeps the whole thing afloat and everybody happy. So uh, she'll give a little wave to and be sharing with us this morning. 1909, we are actually a nonprofit, which a lot of people do not know, serving entrepreneurs and creatives in Palm Beach County. So we do offer shared workspace as part of that mission to help in the holistic development of entrepreneurs and creatives. And we also offer programming, including accelerators, mentorship, and all kinds of different activities to really help further um, you know, the projects and initiatives that all of the amazing creators right in our backyard are working on. So that's what we're up to most days. And it looks different every day. <laughs> Thank you, Shana. I've got next on my screen, I've got Tim. Good morning, everyone. My name is Timothy Hassey. I'm the founder and CEO of General Provision. We are a multi-location shared workspace and work club in Broward County. We're Fort Lauderdale's largest community of founders, makers, and creatives. 
And that's really what we focus on is, is serving the creative class. We do that through our workspaces, but also we'll get into today our, our programming and events and powerful network that's here located in Fort Lauderdale. Perfect. Thank you, Tim. And Rachel, last but not least. Nikki. Um, my name is Rachel. I'm the managing director of the Lab Miami. We were actually the original co-working space in Miami. 12 and our amazing co-founders. Back when co-working wasn't really a concept. Miami. So we really are the pioneers of the local Miami startup and innovation ecosystem. Currently, we offer everything from co-working memberships, private offices. We're also a very active event venue. Now we're taking our events virtually. Curate lots of really cool events as well. Perfect. Thank you so much, Rachel. So my next question, and this is actually for each of you, is can you tell me a little bit about how you actually ended up in your position? What drove you to actually be a part of a community-driven organization? Yep, whoever would like to go. Okay, well then I will warm us up and then by then you guys can jump in first next time. I, I had a, a serious case of FOMO. So uh, as a technologist in my career prior to this, traveling a lot and in the, in the design and tech world, the OG co-working spaces around the world, uh, even you know, in early lab days and before that, they all looked a lot different than what they were, what they look like today. But back then, a co-working space was a warehouse in an open floor plan with no no closed door offices. And I would travel to major markets for my for my job and see these spaces and just walk in and say, how is this a thing? This is magical. I'd meet other people, we'd collaborate. I'd push my, my skill limits to the test and leave that city with a new connection and a new relationship, but also feeling refreshed and inspired. So I kept coming home to Fort Lauderdale and we just didn't have it. And so at some point it was really time for me to say, I need to build it if we don't have this thing. So that's how I got into the industry. It was a very different world. Rachel can probably attest to the, the, old, the old school lab days and what co-working used to be is a very different animal than it is today, but it's still that core of community and people connecting with people that, that keeps me inspired about uh, the industry that we're in. When I first started, I'm actually from South Carolina originally. So when I moved to Miami, I started in the executive workspace industry. I was working for a boutique executive workspace company that was focused more on executives. Um, so it was in an A-class building, um, right in Brickell. We were focused on really sort of high-end clientele in a sense, corporate clients. Absolutely fell in love with the industry. And this is right around the time that co-working was becoming sort of a trend and a topic of conversation. And I got reached out to by the lab. And the second I stepped foot into the space, I had never really been to Wynwood before. Then like the Brickell downtown area. So the second you step into the space, it's just such a creative and different environment. And it's so unique. And there's so many innovative, amazing people just creating things from nothing. And I just got immediately inspired by all of the amazing talent I was always surrounded by. And every single day, like Shana said, is different. 
which is always something so exciting. And you're always learning from all these different industries and individuals and creatives. And it's just very infectious, I would say. It's, it's a great place to be. Yeah, I'll jump in on that too. And I feel that like the energy of a shared workspace that's full of entrepreneurs and creatives. I mean, it's hard to explain and it's pretty incredible. You never want to leave. <laughs> At least I feel like that even when it's work. And, you know, for me, I was actually, you know, founder of my own startup and my co-founders and I were starting our business about six years ago in, you know, the Boca area and the Palm Beach County area. And at that time, there was really nothing for founders. You know, we had to do a lot of work to find help, to find support, to learn what we were supposed to do. You know, we listened to podcasts all the time from people out of Silicon Valley, which you know, it's helpful, but it's also different. You know, it's a different market. It's a different animal. Like, it's just different. You can't take all your lessons from, you know, a really established ecosystem um, for what you're doing when you're building. And I remember just feeling really alone. And, you know, a lot of our questions that we had were just like overwhelming and we didn't have really a lot of people to lean into. And, and it's actually funny, Todd's on this call. Because Todd's one of the people we interacted with from a technology standpoint as founders and one of the first people that was like, I don't think you should build that. Like, I don't like, or, you know, kind of gave us like real feedback, no, in a good way of like, you know, start smaller. Like, what are you really trying to accomplish? Like really starting to ask us questions and challenges, which is like the beauty of being around other founders and other people bringing things to life is just the conversations you have when people are going through things and trying to figure things out and somebody else who's been through it before knows a little bit more in that industry can tell you one thing that can save you you know a year of work or thousands of dollars or move your business forward and you know so for me 1909 is kind of what I wished existed when I first started my business you know and I think now like if I was to start a totally different business, I would want to be part of 1909. I would want to be part of like a member and, and work out of there and, and go through the program. So, you know, it's one of those things that like, is if you're always learning and, you know, trying to create something often that hasn't existed before, just being around other people and having that network of support is so invaluable. It makes all the difference in the world. And, you know, the moment I walked into 929 and just saw other people doing that and believing in that and believing in community and the power of it, I was just like, oh, I've arrived, you know, <laughs> like this is where I belong. So that's kind of my story into uh, into this world. Thank you, Shana. And I don't know for you at 6 a.m. how you are so energetic right now. <laughs> Just because what we're talking about, you know, I get really yeah, fired yeah, up. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know why I'm surprised, but <laughs> so um, I wanted to also ask for each of you. So obviously we know that you guys have this space, right? So can you tell us a little bit about, you know, how an individual business might benefit from being a part of your community and, and what makes it just more than just co-working? Like what other things can they expect to get from your organizations? I'll jump in and go first this time. <laughs> so basically we offer a lot more than just the basic benefits of a co-working space, which is obviously um, shared costs. There's really little overhead for any entrepreneur wanting to come in and start their business or just try something out. Um, and we don't just cater to entrepreneurs of startups. We cater to creatives, artists, um, anyone who can work virtually, students, 
pretty much anyone who just needs a place to come and a community that they want to join. So there's the basic amenities of, of course, the space itself, 24-7 access to the space, the high-speed Wi-Fi, you can bring your pets to the space, you can register your business here, the parking's all included, the conference room space. Besides just those basic amenities, which you can find pretty much at any co-working space, what we really offer is a community of people. And it's a community of very forward-thinking people, not necessarily from the same industries. We're not just focused on one specific industry, which I think adds a lot to the diversity of the space. And I think it adds a lot to have people from all different sorts of industries. Just yesterday, for example, we gave a tour to two makeup artists who are looking to find their own studio. And they were so inspired to be around a graffiti artist right next to them and a dev shop that's creating apps and websites because they can all collaborate on some level. And I think it's really important to have a diverse group of people working together, um, especially when you're trying to build something from scratch. Like Shana said, you can always bounce ideas off of other founders, regardless of them being in different industries. So besides just the space itself, we really curate our community. This is our only location. We're super hyper-focused just on our local community, as are these other spaces too. So um, besides that, we offer events, programming, all sorts of different resources for the members. We also have an accelerator program that's operating out of the space called Navigate. So, and they offer special perks to the members. So we really try to cater our services towards the members here and make connections whenever we see possible. We get very familiar with everyone's business and everyone as an, an individual. We really get to know our members. So we're able to make key connections for them and always keep apprised of, oh, hey, you should know about this. You should know about this. So we really try to curate a very um, active community that's conducive for innovation, creativity, and really just a healthy environment that's contributing to the good in our local ecosystem. Yeah, I'll jump in. It's like, I love being on this call because when I hear Rachel and Tim speak, I'm like, yes, yes. Like, I feel like we all have and we're like all nodding along, right? Like, yes, this is, you know, the goal and what we believe in and so much, you know, similarity across the board, which is awesome. You know, and I think I can share a lot of you know, similarities around 1999, what Rachel shared in terms of, you know, the space and amenities and, you know, the overhead. And when you think about being a new, um, you know, business owner and entrepreneur and the certain things that you need, um, you know, before really shared workspace, it was almost impossible to have, you know, all of those things. You know, most people worked out of coffee shops. A lot of people still do to get free internet and, you know, a plug and a place to stay and like being around other people. But, you know, having um, a community that's curated, you know, as Rachel mentioned, and diverse, that's kind of, you know, we look at the space as like the house of that. It really is housing all of the things that we actually provide. You know, the space is kind of the vessel to deliver it. But, you know, and that's what makes it special is everybody's kind of intentionally there, believing in the idea that they want to meet other people, they want to connect with other people, they want to get help, they want to help others. And it just makes the energy really special. So, you know, we do have all kinds of, you know, conference rooms and the space and, and all of that. And we've definitely, you know, and I cannot take credit for this. The design of the space was done by Danielle Casey, but it's really meant to 
inspire collaboration ideas. There's a lot of, you know, you can see in the background of here, like hangout chairs where people can just sit on the swings and talk or sit on couches and, you know, just really like get to know one another, which is really important. Um, and then one of the things I want to you know, highlight for sure is um, our accelerator program, which we focus really heavily on. So we do that six months of the year. We have 20 founders in that right now. And we've partnered with the city of West Palm Beach to put that on with a focus on diversity. So it's majority minority and just really helping founders get to know each other and, and work with each other and learn from one another. And a big piece of that as well, which we focus on is mentorship and mainly peer mentorship. So bringing in people who have done it and are older and have been successful is awesome. And we do that a lot, but we also heavily encourage people to learn from one another because most of the people in our space are experts in something they do and they're in the know of what's going on now. You know, the latest technology, the latest design ideas, the latest, you know, of what's going on in our community. And so that's really important to us is, is creating that peer mentorship opportunity which we do through lots of our different programs and, and really kind of giving ownership to the members in our space. So definitely, you know, I would say there's just such a, the, yeah, it's the community, it's the people and working together, learning from one another. And we've done a lot of that virtually the past couple months, um, as Rachel also alluded to. So we had to learn how to shift everybody to virtual, but it was really great, you know, actually that we saw people show up. We do an early morning risers on Monday morning, and then we do a connection call on Friday afternoon and people People get to come on Monday and kind of share what their goals are for the week and what they're up to and all those things, which, you know, is more important than ever of everybody kind of being alone and at home. And then on Friday, we get to like talk about our highs and lows and celebrate the wins and share what people actually did accomplish and, and, you know, just kind of close out the week together. And it's been so nice to have that, you know, during kind of this crazy time where everyone's been adapting and, and feeling alone a lot. So. Yeah, that's, and I don't know, I saw you here type something, so you, you can feel free to <laughs> drop it. Oh, sometimes we cry on calls. That is true. <laughs> it has been an emotional time, and that is something real, right? Like people, especially business owners, creatives, founders, like people are going through a lot right now, you know, adapting, they're, you know, concerned for themselves and their families, they're concerned for their businesses, their lifestyles have changed, their schedules have changed. It is a lot. So, you know, that's something that's super important to us is opening up a space for vulnerability and just letting people share that and know that they have people next to them, you know, even if it's through a screen to really support them through that. We even have a little run club that started. So on Thursday mornings, we have members that get together and run together and they just completed a triathlon together this past Sunday, which was pretty amazing. So it's just awesome to see that. And, you know, members really own that. Well, I can kind of just throw in my two cents of uh, what makes GP a little bit more than just an office, a really exciting part of the invite for this this talk because that's really been one of our mantras since the beginning is that we're so much more than an office and it's an important part of the message that we continue to to put out there because the office is needed co-working though is just a piece of what we do just like our other panelists today so what gp does different is work-life integration it's not just about the space and there's no other time that can better illustrate it than in a pandemic world we have to be, we've always had to have been more than just an office uh, as a young startup that's scrappy and underfunded. We have to be a lot more than just a building that somebody can outspend or outbuy. 
So it's always been about an experience that's unmatched in any other place of work. So we call ourselves a work club. It's about having an end-to-end experience that includes wellness. We're big coffee addicts, so we have a, a private coffee shop with a dedicated barista. It's a real concierge approach to community building and getting stuff done. That really comes from my upbringing. I was a child of a small motel owner on the beach in, in a small, sleepy beach town. So I, I grew up learning how to take care of people, watching my family do that. And so our, our experience is really what, what makes us more than an office. And uh, it's your favorite coffee shop meets your favorite hotel lobby, and that's your, your headquarters as a, as a place to work. And we're going to continue to build out that experience. Everything that my colleagues said here, you know, powerful community is massively important. And it takes a whole lot of work to, to do that well. We'll probably talk more about that today on the call, but you know, one of the most overused and skeptical terms, but also my favorite term is community, right? Like I'm here for the community, but you know, we, we, it gets, it's, gets thrown out to the point where the term is diluted. And I think that, you know, when you have community builders that actually understand it, you know, you kind of have this bittersweet connotation and relationship with that term, but it's a really, really important part of what we all do. As you heard, you know, magnified this morning, but it also takes a formula and some real skill to do that well. And I think that's what is really what's what we're learning is setting us apart and what's what's making our communities all collectively proliferate because we do it well. We care about our local communities and we've, we've found a way to to build that in a healthy manner. Thank you all of you for, you know, telling us a little bit more about, you know, each of your organizations. I did want to give a second to Todd. I know he had a question for you all. Yeah, thanks, Nick. I, I know that when COVID first hit back, you know, when when people first went into quarantine back in March that there was like a bit a mass exodus from a lot of the co-working spaces but what Shana when you talked about people working at coffee shops I immediately thought like with the per the pervasiveness of these zoom calls these don't work lend themselves well to a coffee shop environment so do you see people for that and for the community reasons and all the reasons you said do you see people now coming more back to co-working space? Like, are you seeing, are, are, you know, and also are you seeing maybe an uptick because I know a lot of the, the co-working spaces that are just co-working spaces and aren't doing the things that, you know, Rachel and Tim and Shana are doing, you know, didn't, probably didn't survive or, or at least struggled. So are you seeing like people wanting to come back more because of the community and, the ability to be in a quiet room like Tim and, and, you know, for the zoom calls. Definitely. Yeah. And I'm sure. And I saw Tim and Rachel nodding. So we are definitely seeing that people are so thirsty to be around others and to, you know, kind of be out of their homes and be back to the community. And yeah, see here said to regain their sanity. So we've not only seen our members really excited to be able to get back <laughs> into the space and new ways, even with things changed and seating different and all of that, but wearing masks, like people really want to be there. And then, yeah, new wave of people who probably never considered a shared workspace. You know, you're seeing a lot of people who, you know, maybe had their own office space and now are they're just realizing it doesn't make sense for them. We are also seeing people who were working, you know, in, in companies who might never go back to having an office space themselves, but they want to be around people. Um, we're seeing a lot of people who were laid off who are like, hey, this is my moment. I've always wanted to start that company or bring that idea to life. And like now is the time. So it's just, yeah, we're seeing like humans, I think, are definitely realizing they want to 
be with each other. They need community. And those of us, I think, who have been actively curating, as Tim said, working really hard to create that space, I think are seeing, you know, just people really gravitating towards what we do um, who maybe wouldn't have before. So I'll let, you know, Rachel and Tim chime in on that as well. But that's kind of what we're seeing. We'll be right back after this short break. If you're looking for a space to find motivated and inspired individuals for more opportunity, check out The Lab Miami. Our space is the original co-working community located in the heart of the Wynwood Arts District. We believe entrepreneurs, startups, and corporations alike need an open and inspiring place to gather, experiment, and foster connections. At The Lab, we offer creative workspace solutions, including co-working, virtual offices, dedicated desks, and full-service private office suites. We're also an event venue for off-site meetings, conferences, workshops, and receptions alongside hosting our own curated events targeted towards entrepreneurs like you. You're invited to learn, act, and build with our innovative community. To get more involved, feel free to pass by for a visit or contact us via email at info at Learn more on our website at www.thelabmiami.com. I've seen this cycle. I mean, we're, we we've really have found a way to continue the the mission that we have always done throughout COVID. And and fortunately for us, it's it's starting to pay dividends. I think the 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 key move for us when when COVID began, it's you know at its height, was for us to bring GP to people's doorsteps. Right. So we really went all in on creating a remote work club and bringing the general provision experience to people's homes or wherever they work. And that was really a continuation of what we already did, but we had to rethink some critical things. Um, but, but to answer your question, we're growing quicker now than we've ever grown. The, the product that's currently being purchased right, is a little bit different. right? The, the offices aren't filling up as quick as they once were, but the flexible memberships, our community is growing faster than it ever has. And I think it's an acceleration of a cycle that we already knew. We typically have seen people graduate from the home office to the coffee shop and then into a co-working space. That's always been the cycle that we've always watched our people go through, right? You, you, you think you've hit the jackpot when you work from home and then you realize the distractions, the insanity, the pets, the laundry, et cetera. And then you go to the coffee shop and then you realize the Wi-Fi is terrible. It's too noisy, so et cetera, et cetera. They're leapfrogging so the coffee shop. It's, it's, it seems to be an accelerated sales cycle or, or evolution for us. And that seems to be positive for us at this point. And not to mention, we just, you know, if everyone's at home, we, it's just, I've, I've kind of mentioned throughout the last six months that as, soon, as long as we can get through purgatory quickly, right? Like we're, we're stuck in this, are we closed? Are we open? And we're kind of like, we're, are we in, are we out? And once we get on the other side of that, when we settle into work from home is real, that's going to be really good for our collective businesses. At least that's, that's what my, uh, my forecast is. Yeah, that's really encouraging to hear that you all are sharing similar experiences. For us, it's of course been somewhat of a roller coaster ride since March. Like you mentioned, Todd, there was a max exodus from the space. A lot of members had to cancel their memberships very abruptly. Of course, we were very understanding because these are all small business owners. Everyone was affected differently with the coronavirus, either from, you know, an emotional standpoint, a business standpoint. So 
we've really had to adjust very quickly. But now that things are opening back up, I mean, in Miami, we had like a full lockdown. It was really intense here for a while. It's been so many ups and downs of different messaging and one day things are all closed. The next day they're telling businesses, oh, you have to do this, this, and this, and this. And then the mayor basically distributed this extremely long document with all these different rules and regulations. And every business owner is just trying to figure it out. So it's been a very interesting experience for sure. But now that things are sort of normalizing, people have gotten used to, okay, this is the reality and I have to move on and continue to operate, whatever that looks like. People definitely, for the most part, are seeing that working from home is not always what it's, you know, everything that they can do. They can't be around their kids 24-7, on a Zoom call, all the distractions. They are longing for human connection and community. So we've seen a bunch of actually old members that we haven't seen in a long time come back and that has been really cool to see. We've been offering day passes and office passes. So people can come work from a private office or the co-working space just for a day. And that's been a really popular option for people. And Todd, you mentioned the coffee shop scenario. And we actually have the guy who runs our filtered water system. He would travel all over South Florida servicing fil these filtered water systems. And he would just work from coffee shops and of course, coffee shops shut down. So he would actually come in and do day passes here with us because he has no other option. People don't necessarily feel safe working out of a coffee shop. They want to be around sort of entrepreneurs, not just, you know, random people. They want their community to be smaller and more intentional. So I definitely have seen an uptick in a bunch of different types of memberships, not what we were experiencing in February, but it's definitely an uptick in growth overall. On the coffee side, I love that, Tim, I love that you have your own barista, but I also have to just throw out that 1909, they have a coffee startup as one of their members. <laughs> so it's hard to compete with the coffee at 1909. Nice. Yeah, we have cold brew from Candid. I got to give them a shout out. They only do cold brew and they're a startup and they're awesome. And then we have our um, Chick Monk Coffee, who is another one of our startups in our accelerator. And it's so fun too, to have them be a part of it. It's like, it just makes it all really full circle. I love it. <laughs> but I would love a barista making me lattes too. So I have to figure out how to make that <laughs> happen. <laughs> Sounds pretty I've, good. I've the code, I'm the barista making okay. lattes. Yeah. <laughs> Quick question. Since you said you kind of have a mini cafe, I have to ask, is there snacks, Tim? We have a full cafe. It's not really a mini cafe. We have a full menu. Um, and nice. we also have, you know, we, we've, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a technologist. So our big investment over the years has been just building IP and building a platform. So we actually have a, a chatbot system that you can order coffee from your desk and our barista brings it to you. And it, you know, you can book your meeting rooms from our chatbot. And so that's the experience that you get at GP. And that's really what we're leveraging. That is what really allowed us to bridge to the, the, the COVID world a lot easier because it's just an extension of the platform that we were already building. You know, the, the features that are being rolled out right now or that we're trying to take some of the community manager load off of the human's hands so that we can just get more activity moving. You know, we, we use this term work-life integration. And what I mean by that is even though I want everyone to have to have 
full balance and to avoid hustle culture and to not work all night. Uh, the reality is people need to do what they need to do and we can help build, uh, provide a platform for some healthy work culture. But if somebody is working at 1130 at, at night, not only is our space 24 seven, but if they need a connection, they can talk to our virtual community manager and find somebody that's a designer by just Slack messaging our bots. And, and that's the experience that we're trying to expand upon because that goes well beyond just the walls of general provision. Yeah, I know we're moving on to another question, but I do have to say like embedding technology in what we do has been super helpful in creating and having that supplemental way to engage community all the time and all day and allowing people to have ownership of that. So I think that's a really great point, Tim, is like that is very helpful in terms of engaging and building the community within and outside of the space. I mean, we have people that are sitting in the space, literally slacking each other all day. And so, you know, just embracing it and again, kind of using it to support everything else has been really important. I think people that do that well will probably see the benefits and have seen the benefits during this time for sure. Thank you for that. And actually, I was really happy you asked that question, Todd, because I know uh, that was one of my questions on my list was kind of how you guys have worked through the pandemic and kind of how that changed things. So I, I, I thank you for that, Todd. I did want to ask just one more question before I've got kind of like a rapid fire for each of you. I've got one specific question, but I did just want to ask, how does your organization overall like support diversity, inclusion? I mean, I know at least just being in the 909 space and seeing general vision as well is that, you know, you have a, a communities, I think all three of you that are really diverse with people with different skill sets, gender backgrounds, cultural backgrounds. But can you tell me a little bit about what are some of the ways that you've seen that being such diverse community driven organizations has actually benefited some of your individuals in the space? Yeah, I'll jump in and start that one. Um, you know, and it, this was part of the 1909, you know, kind of mission before I even arrived. But I think, you know, and one of the reasons it was created the way it was, was this idea that you need to have different people working together to get the best outcomes. It is not an afterthought for us. It's literally who we are. We fully believe. And as I mentioned, you know, you need all these different backgrounds and experiences and perspectives to bring ideas to life, to be creative, to come up with whatever the next big thing is and do it well. And so, you know, for us, it's actually something that we really focus on it and we speak to in our messaging and we build our programming around, you know, our accelerators, probably one of the only, and, and actually I know the others have accelerators, so it might be the same, but within the respective space that I had seen that was not just focused on technology companies. I mean, you know, it was one of those things of saying, you know, businesses who, every business uses technology now anyways, but to really say that, you know, we want to help health and wellness um, companies grow, you know, we have someone who's doing, you know, this whole grow box and, and, you know, like grow produce at your home and that's her business and it's going to take off and soar and, you know, she, you know, and she's a native of Haiti and she's part of this amazing women's collective called Carnal Moon, which is, you know, just the most powerful black women you've ever seen just taking on the world and helping each other. And, you know, that contributes to our community more than anything we could do, more than the coffee we can offer, more than, you know, the the lessons that we teach in the class. When you bring a diverse group of people together to listen to one another, to share, 
and again, to bring their perspectives and backgrounds. It's incredible what can be creative. We had, you know, a little collab day. Uh, Todd was actually there where we just brought a bunch of people together to work on four projects in one day. It was an eight hour window and everybody had different backgrounds and everybody was paired with different groups. And it was insane what <laughs> came to be because of that. So for me, it's just like a no brainer. It is who we are. It's, it's a part of our identity is just being diverse and focusing on that and making sure that we are building that into everything that we do. Yeah, that's so important. I will definitely add to that, Shana, and say that diversity and inclusion are definitely part of our core business as well. It's really what makes us us. It's really the core of what we're doing and why we're doing it. And I think one thing that we do that really encourages inclusivity and diversity is every single person who walks through our door it doesn't matter what you look like how old you are who you are where you come from what language you're speaking we treat every single person the same whether you're delivering our mail whether you're delivering an uber eats whether you're an investor whether you're a startup owner whether you're a founder whether you're a student Whoever it is, we always treat every single person who walks in the door like family. And that has really helped us connect with people on a very deep level because this is a family and people immediately feel that connection and acceptance and just warmth and love as soon as they walk in the door. And that's something that's so important going back to Tim's background with hospitality. I mean, we are in the hospitality industry as well. So definitely catering to every single person, treating them with kindness, respect across the board. It just creates an environment where people know that that's the norm and immediately their defenses come down when they walk into the, the door and get to know this space. It's a very safe space. It's a very safe space to make mistakes. It's a safe space to try out your dreams and experiment and do everything that you really want to accomplish here because you have a community who will bounce ideas off each other. They have your back. People really do protect and look out for each other here. And on top of that, we have so many different industries, people, age groups working out of the space. We have students, which I love when a student gets a membership here. Had just yesterday, one of our students come in, she needed to take a quiz. So she came in super late at night and she used our computer because her computer wasn't working. And she's studying music theory and she's like a brilliant violinist. And she'll come here on the weekends and she'll practice her violin. And then on top of that, we have a graffiti artist who does all this amazing street art throughout the, the neighborhood who connected with her on what she's doing in her art. And then we have two lawyers working out of the space who have a family and they come here every day and have their own law firm together, husband and wife. And then we have an accelerator program. We have developers. We have so many different types of people, but I think the commonality, that's the glue that holds everyone together. It's just everyone's here for the reason and purpose of really contributing to making our community and ecosystem a better place. And everyone is like-minded in their just their forward thinking perspective. And everyone I would say who comes into the space 
is at a very high level in their, how they process information, how they view the world. So it makes for an incredibly rich environment where you have just the most fascinating conversations about literally everything and everything all day long. So it's really amazing to be around. You know, I'll just add that, you know, we're, we're six years into this thing. And, and even though we're, we're quite proud of, of where we started and, and, and much like 1909, we're, we, we, we formed our first space in a CRA district of Fort Lauderdale, which is a very diverse area uh, with a lot of exciting cultural startups and art in the art and tech district of Fort Lauderdale. But despite us being pretty motivated to open our doors for a lot of inclusive groups, uh, we've, we've been the host of Black Tech Week. We've been the partnered, we've partnered with Dream Defenders from Broward County uh, a number of times on, on events in, in the past. I think 2020 brought about some, some uncomfortable discussions around how important it is to not just rest on the laurels of our, of our past. And we're really proud to just march forward to say that we need to do better in tech and in, in entrepreneurship. And part of that discomfort is just taking action. And currently we're, we're involved in the Built in Broward initiative, which was a, a grant that the Brown and Broward County Library initiated. So we're currently seeking some additional partners to hit our goal of putting 100 memberships for, to general provision into the underserved community. But we're going to continue to roll through and, and find new programs and, and ways to not just talk about the diversity gap in tech and entrepreneurship, but actually try to do our part to close it. Um, you know, it's not something that I think that this year has, has really shaped things, uh, hopefully for the better going forward for us. And if this were a normal year, I think we would probably say, well, we're doing pretty good. But I think when we're talking about 2020 and the, 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 the pain that we're seeing in our communities directly, I think there's nothing that can be ignored going forward. So we're, we're really motivated to, to do better. And I, I think that we're starting to uncover how we can take that stance to say that it's that the gap is real. We don't have enough diversity in technology. We don't have enough minorities starting companies. And even though much like I'm sure our, our collective communities might have various groups of diverse humans walking in and out the doors, the reality is and if we're talking about the tech community, if we're talking about the entrepreneurial community, there's still a massive gap between people of color and what I look like. And we got to do a better job. So the conversation needs to continue, but action is what really what it takes from here. Yeah, I agree with you, Tim. And thank you for that. I mean, I, I have to say also just to give a, a quick shout out here is one of the members that's in 1909 is actually Path to College. They work with low income, but very high achieving students. And actually, you know, we decided this year for our interns, for our fall interns to say, okay, we're going to make a difference and let's actually target, you know, this organization, see if we can actually find some really high achieving students from a diverse background. And so we actually have two. So shout out to Jose and Sandrine that come from diverse backgrounds that, you know, we feel like we could really support and actually taking action. So you were talking about a lot about like actually doing something and having the action behind it instead of saying, hey, this is what we stand for. So I, I really appreciate, you know, that sentiment of what you were saying too, Tim. We've got right about five minutes left. So I want to do a really quick rapid fire here. I've got a question for each of you. So in about 60 seconds, start with Shana. So in 1909's manifesto, it says, you know, we're unapologetically experimenting. What, what does this expression mean to you? So we look at ourselves kind of like a science lab, <laughs> right? <laughs> when you're bringing ideas to life and businesses to life, you have to be comfortable experimenting. It's very rare that 
you know, the first thing that pops into somebody's mind is what is what comes out. And, you know, one of the things and, and Rachel kind of spoke about creating a safe space earlier is creating a safe space for that, for the messiness, for the mistakes, for the trials and tribulations, because really to do something, you know, special and to bring it to the world, you have to be able to do that. You have to be able to experiment. And so we really want to encourage that. We want to let people know, like, you don't have to tell us you're perfect. You don't have to tell us you figured it all out. You don't have to tell us what your projections are for the future, you know, in terms of revenue, because I know you don't actually know the answer to that, you know, and it's really like just allowing people to experiment and have fun and mess up and provide the freedom and safety and safety net to do so. And so we highly encourage that, you know, talk about people to talk about what they're trying out and not be afraid um, that it's not perfect or it's not organized or professional enough to share out to the world because we know that that's just the way people get better and, and ideas get better. And, you know, I think we have a lot of people who are going to change the future. And, you know, as Tim said, like, there's a lot of work to do. And I think a lot of the people that work in our spaces are the ones that are going to make that happen. And so finding ways to support and encourage that and allow it to be a little messy is important to us. So it's definitely a big piece of our culture is the mess and the imperfection and the experimentation. <laughs> Perfect. Yes. And I love that about, uh, about 1909. The next one question I've got here is for Rachel. So Lab Miami is located right in the heart of Wynwood, the art district. So can you tell us a little bit about why this area was chosen and how do you think it actually attracts the entrepreneurial movement and keeps that moving forward? Yeah, that's a really good question. So back in 2012, when the co-founders were looking for a space to establish the lab, Wynwood was really, at the time, a very emerging neighborhood. Historically, Wynwood has been a manufacturing neighborhood, and it's all warehouses. Tony Goldman, at the time, he's the main real estate developer behind the vision of Wynwood and creating it, curating it as an arts district. So this was sort of happening at the same time that the co-founders were looking for the right space. And besides, of course, getting an amazing deal and being able to, you know, get an incredible deal with a, a warehouse and a building and the build out and all of that. I think when you establish a business like the lab in an emerging neighborhood, you're really buying into the vision of the area and what you want long-term. And I feel like everyone was on the same page of, okay, this is a very grassroots organization. This is a very grassroots movement that we're starting and the lab is the same. So it made all the sense in the world for them to take the chance and, and choose Wynwood because now of course, Wynwood has become this booming neighborhood, super vibrant with amazing artists that come from all over the world and do different murals. And we host Art Basel every year, except for 2020. And it's just like an amazing destination that tourists come to see from all over the world. And when you're an entrepreneur and you're a creative person and you think out of the box, Wynwood is very appealing because immediately when you drive into Wynwood, your senses are stimulated with all the incredible artwork. It's just a very different and unique environment to grow your business. And I think that appeals to a lot of people, just how different and unique it is. Yeah, no, I know. I agree with you, Rachel. I know uh, 
even though I've been down there quite a few times, I still feel like a tourist. I'm still taking pictures and have to stand next to all the murals. And it definitely is a different feel for sure. So to Tim, my question to you is, so General Revision has a full like new wellness program. So I've seen like meditation and yoga and so forth. Can you explain what's the philosophy behind that program? Sure. Yeah. So we went a lot deeper in our COVID response to round out our definition of wellness. You know, when we were allowed to be around each other, we always had a monthly yoga program and monthly massage program and ongoing wellness challenges. But we went as far as hiring a weekly yoga instructor, bringing in partnerships for weekly meditation. So that that offering is, is, a, is much deeper now. And really that comes from some core values that, that I was exposed to for, I've brought this to now every company that I've, that I've founded, but I was exposed to uh, an idea called the ATLCs by a doctor named Roger Walsh. And the TLCs are therapeutic lifestyle cha- changes. And basically there's these eight ideas that contribute to overall mental better well-being and I really align with this but the eight TLCs being exercise diet time in nature relationship recreation meditation or spiritual activity contribution to your community or service work and so I have always just kind of bought into that if you're touching these eight things I do think that you live a more healthy and productive life and so you know, that's a, it's a cultural thing that I brought to my first startup. And I think that in many ways, our members are coming to GP seeking a part of that, right? Even though we are, it's very easy to shorthand our service by calling us a co-working space or an office. That's not what our members come to us for, right? So the, com- the community is, has been echoed many times today. It's, it's massively important, but, you know, people are raising their hands and say, like, I, I've never done entrepreneurship, just much like Shana mentioned today. I've never started something before. Isn't GP a place where I can be exposed to this decentralized tech culture, right? And so it's a a hack for for building a company, of course, but it's also a hack for having a healthy day-to-day balanced work-life experience. And so the wellness program is just a part of our service that allows you to maintain that balance and to, to find that equilibrium that is really required to do your best work. So driven by the ATLCs, we're, we're proud of where it's come. We're proud to, to continue to invest in it. And, you know, it's, it's part of community building for us to kind of get people involved in those initiatives, but they, they seem to be doing well. We're going to continue to try to find ways to expand the program. You know, my, my dream is that not only will we have these live meditation and yoga sessions that we currently do, but to, to go deeper and have them on demand where well, they're, they're currently in a platform on our website, on our members portal for, for on-demand viewing. But my dream is that if you are at, at the office or at the home office at 8.30 PM, you can ask our bot for uh, an on-demand yoga session and you know we just serve that to you. So that's where we're going next. It's in the hopper, the features in development, but that's the kind of vision that we have. And, and that's really where the, the wellness program came from. That's wonderful. Thank you, team. And I think, uh, and thank you all, you know, for, for joining us too, because I was just looking at the time. We were right on time. So I think that's a perfect place to stop. And I just wanted to kind of close this out by saying, you know, one of the reasons why we titled this more than just co-working is obviously because after this conversation, you can see that it's very community driven. Like many of you have said, is it's all about the mess and all about the people and, and very community driven. So I just want to thank all of you for everything that you guys are doing in our communities and building, you know, such strong communities in each of these spaces, because obviously we've got 
Miami, Broward, and Palm Beach County all represented here. So thank you guys again for showing up so early this morning and telling us a little bit about what you do. For anybody that's watching on social, I will be getting some information from each of the organizations and we can do a follow-up and send this out to everybody if anybody would like some more information. But thanks again to all of you. Really appreciate it. Thanks, Nikki. Thanks, thanks everybody. Thanks for having me. Have a great day. Bye. Take care. Bye. Like what you just heard? If you would like your business or platform to be mentioned on our podcast, we now have sponsorship options available. Email us at podcast at thelabmiami.com for a spot on the Big Idea Box. If you haven't yet, go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, rate, and review the Big Idea Box podcast. And remember, always share with a friend. Stay connected and follow us on Instagram and Twitter at the Big Idea Box.